Well, as you probably figured out, we're going to teach on faith again. You know, I don't know anything else to, how to do. You know, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we try to be pleasing to the Lord in all of these things. But it's something that sometimes we think we have faith. I, I remember my, Barb, my daughter Barb saying this to me years ago. She said, Dad, when I have faith, I know it. And when I don't have faith, I know that too. So there are times where I have to go and say, listen, Lord, I don't have anything in my faith bucket. You as author and finisher of faith, would you impart to me? Would you create something in me that's of the supernatural? Because otherwise we try to produce it with willpower. That's soul stuff. That will fail you. But the authentic comes from him. He's author and finisher of faith. So a couple of times before, we, we taught on faith on 327, faith in the word of God for equipping. And that's really what my premise has been these last few times is being equipped, equipped for the purposes that God has laid in store for us and to discover that. So we use 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, and it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be equipped and ready for every good work. And then on 328, um, faith 328, we taught on prayer, the essentialness of prayer. You know, prayer is a foundation for everything until you are able to hear from him. See, we, we've relegated a lot of prayer to articulating verbiage. That's a huge part of it, to be sure. But listening prayer is the most important part of prayer. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. And that's what the Lord has been teaching us how to be equipped. And as I first started this, he said, now less, and you need to be equipped. Boy, am I aware of that. Then he said, you also need to be edited. He said, you have some world stuff in you yet, flesh stuff that needs to be edited out. And then he said, I am your equipping, and I am your equipment as well. So he's teaching us how to hear him, how to be able to walk in that, and how to move in the things of the Spirit of God. So tonight, um, if you haven't got a Bible, there's a whole bunch in the shelf, and we're going to cover a lot of scriptures tonight. Paul says to Timothy, he says, give yourself to public reading of scripture. And so I'm going to use a lot of scripture in dealing with our inheritance, inheritance in the saints in light. And there's, we've got a whole Bible full of his promises. The promises of God are yes, and they find their amen in Christ Jesus. And so we're going to explore some of these things. Last week, Rick taught out of um, Joshua 18 about the seven tribes that did not get their inheritance. They neglected it. They didn't go. They had to fight for it. They had to issue out effort to get it. And I think there's a lot of times we have appraised what he has for us in our inheritance Sorry, because we're lazy. It takes hard work and you have to press in into it. It doesn't fall on you like ripe, ripe apples off a tree. You've got to press into that and there's a lot of opposition, opposition of our own flesh. And I guarantee you the enemy will disqualify you in that as well. So that's what we're going to explore today. So it was a challenge to me. Have I explored my own personal inheritance? Now, my inheritance is tied to you. See, the hand cannot say to the foot, I have no need. We have deep need of each other. And so learning how to function together and what, what God has given to us is also a very healthy part of this. So if you'll go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, we're going to start there. And as Rick was teaching, I leaned over to Donna last week and I said, he's preaching my sermon. This is stuff I'd already planned to share and teach with you. But it was confirmation. See, the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. And one of the scriptures he had there was out of Hebrews 10. 
Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I want to stop there for a minute. It's the faithfulness of God. Psalm 37 says, feed on my faithfulness and surely you'll be fed. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, the Amplified, I love this verse. It says, faithful is he who is calling you to himself and utterly trustworthy, and he also will do it. That is, fulfill his call to you by hallowing and keeping you. And Peter says, we're kept by the power of God. This is the part of, of us that we, we try to logically figure out some of these things, and that's why you hear me talking a lot about fullness recently. What is the fullness of God? It's just bigger than you can think. So your spirit, man or woman, needs to be enlarged. David talks about enlarge my heart, O oh God. So we have greater capacity to take hold of these things that are purposed for our lives, that he's positioned us as his sons and daughters to receive an inheritance in Christ Jesus. That's why I'm talking about in communion so many times about in him or in Christ. This is again, how does that work? Where he, we're in him and he's in us. Same as I said it the last time, Andy, I don't know how that works. He just said it and I believe it and that settles something in my heart. Because faith believes as real fact that which is not yet revealed to the senses. We're so sense-oriented in that area and trained in our senses more than any other one thing. But he's teaching us how to walk by the Spirit so that we do not fulfill the desire of the flesh to try to figure everything out. Verse 24, And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembly together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So I asked the staff this today, uh, what or who stimulates you? Uh, Jake said coffee. <laughs> now I don't drink coffee, so I don't get stimulated by coffee. Not a shot at you, brother, I just love you. But think about that, who in the past or the present has stimulated you into love and good deeds? I'll tell you, one of the people that stimulated me big time was Doug Shepard. He got saved before I did, and he wouldn't leave me alone. And he just kept provoking me on a continuum to the point where I gave my heart to the Lord. So there's, there's people that are, and I could just give you a litany of people over the years that have stimulated me. And what I have watched so often is somebody that's moving by the Spirit, I thought, I remember this gal's name was Linda Van Vieren. She was a teacher at the Christian school. I said, Linda, what is it that you have? And she wouldn't tell me. She said, I think you and Donna need to take Ephesians 1 and put your name in that, where Paul says, I pray that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. We're going to go over part of that scripture. She said, you need to pray that for a while. And that opened up and prepared my heart by taking and speaking out the word of God. I wasn't even saved. I was a church-going pagan, thank you very much. I had a lot of Bible information, but I had never surrendered my heart to the Lord. And this lady provoked me and in, in stimulated me because I knew she had something, and it was the power of the Holy Spirit that was in her life. That's what I didn't understand because I, with my intellect, am trying to figure out what this lady has got that was so profound. And he brought a lot of people, Doug being one of those as well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the promises of God. See, God is faithful. He keeps his promises. We don't do well with, sometimes with our promises that we've made before the Lord and even with one another. But God is faithful to do that. 1 Peter 2, excuse me, 1 Peter, that's not right. It's 2 Peter 1. I'll get there. It says, it's through the exceedingly great and precious promises that we become partakers of divine nature. There's something about the word of God when you understand the word of God, it's more than just words on a page. It's his word to us. And I'd like for you to go with me to 2 Corinthians. We're going to cover some mileage 
in the word here directly. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter one. <clears throat> I'm going to start reading ver with verse 20. <clears throat> For as many as be the promises of God in him, they are yes. Therefore also by him is our amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who established us with you in Christ, there's our word again, and anointed us is God, who also sealed us and gave us the spirit in our hearts as a pledge or a promise. Or part of the language there, it's like earnest money that's paid down on a piece of property or a home. And there, there's just more to come. So again, faith is required to lay hold of these things and to be able to receive them. So, um, back, you don't have to go back there. We just go back for a second with this word. To, he stirs us, provokes us to love and good deeds. So, if, go with me just a little bit to the right. Ephesians, you know I would get to Ephesians quickly or sooner or later. Because I love the book of Ephesians. It's been so profound in my life. Ephesians chapter uh, 2, starting with verse 8. Again, a very familiar scripture, but I want to point out something with that. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Gifts need to be received. We're going to look at some of the gifts here directly. Not a result of works <clears throat> that no one should boast, for we are his workmanship. Created, keyword, I love that. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's a preparation of these things that God has prepared on ahead of time for us to enter into and do establish. One of the things we've had to learn the hard way is the need doesn't dictate the task, the Holy Spirit does. And so these are things that we learn to hear and to follow and to obey and to be able to receive that which he has purposed for us to walk in. But he's revealed them by the Spirit. Okay, <clears throat> what are those things? Okay, back to Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians this time, chapter 1. Correction, chapter 2. <clears throat> what things, uh, verse 9 and 10, things which eye has not seen nor ear heard and which have not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for them that love him. For to us, God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So the power of the Holy Spirit is what teaches us how to be enter into those things that do, do not come with a logical mind. They come by faith in the Spirit. That's why faith is required in these things to take hold of that. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation altogether. Old things have passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. We all got something. That's this edited thing that I was mentioning. Some of this stuff has got to be edited out of our life. I'll guarantee you, fear, doubt, and unbelief are some of those things that are undermining the credibility of who God has given to us. So probably the most important thing I can say to you tonight is that if you were in Christ, you were a new creation and you have an inheritance in the saints in life. Discovering who you are and what you've done, what has been done in you and through you in that ear is an imperative. And so sometimes we end up discounting ourselves because we don't measure up to somebody else's expectation, including our own. Measuring to another person or another situation has got death attached to it. Please don't do that. You're unique. You're valuable to the body of Christ. You're valuable enough to Jesus to die for. 
And so he has put his stamp of approval on you. In Ephesians 1, verse 6, in the King James, it's, and this is one I just love, it says, whereby he hath made us to be accepted in the beloved. Absolutely life-changing scripture for me. And I go back that. I don't look to myself and my acceptability, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, but you've been made to be acceptable if you're in Christ. We've all got stuff in our lives yet that need to be dealt with, but that's his grace that provides that for us. Now, go back to the book of Ephesians again. And this is a scripture that we use Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, on the teaching and prayer. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, and we're going to just look at verses 20 and 21 to start with here. <clears throat> As I'm laying a foundation were a multiple of scriptures. One of the things one of my mentors taught me, he said, listen, Les, you will form your theology on all of scripture, not on the select portions. That's where we're going through a lot of scripture tonight to verify this. It says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. The word power there is dunamis. It's supernatural powers. How we're saved and how we're continued to be being saved. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And that's why we're going to explore our inheritance. Now, the exceedingly abundantly is the same phrase that we've used, that God or Jesus used then in John 10, verse 10. A thief comes only to steal, kill, destroy, but I have come that you could have life more abundantly exceedingly abundantly. That's our inheritance and all that's been laid in store for us to be able to receive that. Now the thief comes to discredit you. Oh no, look at you. Now that could be for other folks, but that can't be for you. That's that still small voice that undermines the credibility of you being made and accepted because you're in Christ. That you have something of gifting, call and anointing that's on your life that needs to be embraced. We don't want to be like those seven tribes that neglected appropriating their inheritance. And that's why I'm making a real point of this so that we can enter into those kinds of things. Go now to your right just a little bit to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> We're going to see a little bit more about inheritance. See, an inheritance isn't something that you work for. It's something that somebody else worked for and passed down to you and provided something for us that wasn't your doing. It's, it's a gift. It's, it's something that's been imparted to us. <clears throat> that's why I so love that section I used a minute ago in, in uh, 2 Peter 1 partaker of divine nature. That's what the promises do. See, I love the word partaker. It comes apart at a time and you got to take your part. That's a big deal. Okay, Colossians 1, starting with verse 9. It's another one of the prayers and I had put those up on, oh yeah, they're down on the bottom there, but those are the ones that didn't get on 328 those tested. So I, I want those. I digress to that just for a second. You know, if you want to learn how to pray, pray the Word of God. And if you want to learn how to establish the Word of God, use the prayers of the New Testament. And there's one of those that we're using there right now. And then also John 17. This is a prayer that Jesus prayed for the boys and by extension, because he said, I don't pray for these only, but those that will come to know me through your word. These are definitely for us. So as we go through this, and we think and talk more about inheritance, think about things that will trigger your heart. Things that you could take a hold of and participate in and function in. You know, it's one thing to sit in straight rows and look at the back of one another's heads. 
Another thing to be functional within the body of Christ, Christ and have face-to-face -face encounter with one another. Building up of the body. You're important. You have something to bring that nobody else on the planet can bring. <clears throat> for this reason, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I've got that word increasing circled in red in that area. This isn't like all of a sudden we get to know where it is, Adam, and then you've reached that plateau and you know it. I'm sorry. This is going to go right on into eternity. The increasing in the knowledge of God, the ability to understand what he has in purpose for us. Strengthened with all power. There's our word dunamis again. According to the glorious, his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness, patient, joyously. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance in the saints in light. There it is. You're qualified because you're in Christ. I'm going to expand on that in just a moment. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have remission of sins. We're qualified by a work of his grace. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. <clears throat> We're going to start with verse 4. <clears throat> it says, Such confidence we have through Christ toward God, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything is coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The power of the Holy Spirit reveals to us, and we're going to look at what Jesus teaches about the Holy Spirit, because this is really the essence of everything, that to come into an understanding and how to be taught by the Spirit of the living God. Qualified us in the inheritance. Now, we talked about the inheritance is a possession viewed in one sense as something present. Okay? Spirit of God is present with us. Heaven is coming. The rapture is coming. The millennial kingdom is coming. So it's a progressive dimension in this inheritance. And the revealing of that is when Jesus returns and we're established with him. I'm looking forward to that day. But he also said, listen, now occupy till I come. Be functional. That's why the inheritance and being able to participate in the inheritance, in the inheritance is such an imperative. Okay. Um, back to Galatians. To your right, just a little bit. <clears throat> Chapter 3, we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. <clears throat> Love here, pages turn. <clears throat> Bless you if you got your phone. That'll work. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, so that we might receive, here's our word, the promise of the Spirit through faith. The Holy Spirit needs to be received the same as you receive Jesus and being able to enter into the fullness of that. And that's what he's purposed for our lives. Okay, on to the right a little bit to Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> Verse 13. <clears throat> 
In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit, a promise. There's the same phrasing again. Who is given as a pledge or an earnest of our inheritance with a view to redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. It's like a deposit, a down payment, a beginning in there, but always the promise there's more to come. Deb, you're, you're looking for more to come. More now and then more to come. Okay. Verse 15, for this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Sounds like Colossians, doesn't it? Paul was a praying man. Absolutely. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe. There's our inheritance. Again, it's his inheritance that he received and that he's imparted to us and has given us place to function and occupy in that as well. So go with me now to John 14. We're going to listen to what Jesus says. I know we've laid a foundation of the power of the Holy Spirit, the imperativeness of it. And I'm sorry, but a large part of the, of the church world has discounted the worth and the value of the Spirit of God. I remember being in a Reformed Doctrine class and we were taught that the power of the Holy Spirit was to establish the early church and then that was kind of the end of it. We got the Bible now, you're kind of on your own. But the Holy Spirit is not an option. The Holy Spirit is an imperative. He's God. And we're going to see what Jesus has to say to us about that as well. Verse four, uh, chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And, you know, that's one of the things to be looking forward to, that we're, we're anticipating going to be with the Lord. You know, that, that needs to be something that's on front burner, so to speak. You know, there, this, this is something that we're focused on. But also, up until that time, we need to be occupying till he comes, being functional and doing it together. I want you to see some more of this as we progress through this. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the, the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't even know where you're going. How could we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. So that's the whole area, that relational place in him, the way to all of it. And then he says a little further on in John 15, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Like what part of nothing do you not understand? And I'm speaking that to me. So he's growing our capacity and anticipation of what he's laid in store currently for us and more is is coming. Verse 12. Truly I say to you, he who believes in me, that's what he said, now believe also in me, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Now that trips me up right to start with. How do, how do we, what, how does that work? Greater works than Jesus. And then he says, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, 
that he may be with you forever. The word another there is alos. It's one of the same kind. It's one just like me. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He's just like Jesus. He's the spirit of Jesus. He's the spirit of the Father. They're all one together. That he may be with you forever. The helper. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. There's three prepositions that we use in just somewhat of an understanding of the Holy Spirit. He's with you before you're saved. He comes in you when you're born again. And he comes upon you to be the witness that he's called us to be in the world. Verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Now, I've got the all things and all that I've said to you circled, highlighted, underlined. I've got so many underlines in that verse because it's, such, it's been such a life-changing verse to me. And it's, he's so practical and so functional and so real. And I could tell you stories upon stories of how he has taught me to listen to the Spirit of God when I was working at the dealership. Not going to do that right now, but I guarantee you, whatever you do in the marketplace, he knows more about it than you do. And I guarantee you, he will show you a better way to do any job, any situation, any relationship, whatever it is, that it's an unlimited resource. And it's part of your inheritance is to be able to take hold of these things. Jeremiah 33 says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things you do not know. It's just a simple area of learning to hear his voice. I can't hear God's voice. Well, if you're a sheep, I'm sorry, you hear. Now, you may need a little instruction or some understanding in some of those areas, but I guarantee you, you can hear. He's teaching us how to be able to take hold of these things and make them work in the real world. He is incredibly functional. I'd really like to enlarge on that, but I want you to investigate what he has for you. That's part of the area. See, when, when Joshua told the boys, now you select some guys and you go up and you look at your inheritance and then you write a description of it. Find out who he has called you to be. Document that in some dimension and allow the Spirit of God to confirm that in your heart too. It'll grow on the inside of you. I'll give you one instance of this. 1976, January, a bunch of my friends took us down to Seattle. And there was a, a, a person there, uh, Dick Mills was his name. And he operates in the prophetic. And he was standing up and calling people out and giving them scriptures and giving them a word. And I said to the Lord in that meeting, I said, would you let me do some of that? I've had the privilege of giving a lot of scripture. That's over, I don't know, 45, 46 years ago. And he's given me the privilege of giving his word away. That's how the prophetic works. You begin to give scripture away. This isn't even in my notes, but if he, in your daily reading, in your time with the Lord, something is quickened to your heart, Ask the Lord who you might share that with. I guarantee you, it will bless people when you give them the word of God. I was thinking about you this morning. Let me share this with you. It's, it's just amazing what the word of God does for us. <clears throat> John 15, verse 26. When the helper comes, whom I will send... To you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth that proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me. And you will testify of me because you have been with me from the beginning. Going on in chapter 16, these things I have spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling. It's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. He will remind you of things that Jesus has already spoken to you, things that have quickened to your heart. That's the John 14, 26. 
so that you don't stumble. He draws us back on track again. You will hear a voice behind you saying, now this is the way, walk in this. You know? Or somebody will come along and remind me. Jake does that from time to time to me. Donna does it on a regular basis. Somebody stimulates you, I guarantee those two people stimulate me big time. And I need that. Now, verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me. Concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Notice verse 12. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. Let me remind you, truth is a person. Okay? He will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Kind of sounds like Jesus in John 5, doesn't it? Only do what I see the Father doing. Verse 30 says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that are that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. There's an area of learning to press in. And when you're about to undertake any kind of a situation, Stop and ask for direction, ask for counsel, ask for wisdom, ask for timing. Timing is as important as the event, sometimes even more important. Something prematurely done because it's a need area. That's not necessarily a good thing. Okay, over to Luke. Luke chapter 24. Jesus has spoken these things. He's gone to the cross and he's been raised from the dead and he's given now some instruction to the boys. Starting with verse 44. Now he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Now, it's incredibly important to understand how important the Older Testament is. The prophetic things that are there that have been spoken. And that's why he's talking. These things must be fulfilled. These things have been spoken. And he opened their minds. And he said to them, Thus it is written that Christ must suffer and rise again from the dead the third day that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, which he talked about in John 14. The helper. And, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. There's our word dunamis again. Same power. Acts chapter 1. I'm going to pick right up pretty much where Jesus left off with this. After 40 days. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1 starting with verse 3. To these he also presented himself alive after suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father 
had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. <clears throat> and so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that uh, you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed in his own, by his own authority, but you shall receive power. And there's a dunamis again. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses, my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. Because in John 15, remember we wrote, and you will witness also because you have been with me from the beginning. It's the with me, it's the in Christ that establishes that. Okay, now I think we pretty well established that the Holy Spirit's an imperative, have we not? If you haven't got that, I've got it, and I believe that. Okay, let's see how this works now. And go to, uh, back to Ephesians chapter 4. Remember, and we talked about the exceedingly abundantly. That is the power that is at work within us. So chapter 4, Paul begins, I therefore, that's what the therefore is. That the power is there, the prisoner of the Lord entreat you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling by which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness and patience, showing forbearance to one another or tolerance to one another in love, being diligently to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and there is one spirit. Just as you also were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. I got the alls in that verse also circled in red, Jake. You know, everybody's included in that. And if you're in Christ, you're included in every bit of this. Notice verse six, or seven rather. But to each one of us, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one. No exclusions. Verse 11. He gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. Well, I guess I'm not one of those, so I'm excluded in that. Lest maybe you're the only one. Jake. No, I'm sorry. Notice verse 12. For the equipping of the saints. And we're being equipped in the process of this. I guarantee you, every one of us is in any dimension. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service or the work of ministry to the building up of the body of Christ until we all, there's another all, attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man which belongs to the stature of uh, excuse me, of the mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. There's our word fullness again. Out of his fullness we've all received even grace upon grace. Verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. Remember we talked about the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy well, the thief comes in a lot of forms and sometimes it's human with some areas of disqualifying you from the inheritance that belongs to you. Do not allow the enemy to rip you off. You belong, Andy, and you have an inheritance in Christ Jesus. So, verse 15, and speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. Don't miss verse 16. From whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body building itself up in love. So Doug, no exclusion. You got two Dougs here. You know, you guys are leaders. You're men of God. 
And don't let anybody disqualify. You have a part to bring. Dennis, I see you back. You got a part to bring, brother. We need to find out what that is. Shelly, I know Shelly. One of my buddies. You know, I could just go around and name the, most of you. I just want us to get this. Every one of you is important. And you have something to bring that's vital to the body to grow up into what Jesus Christ has purchased with his precious blood. You know, we have yet to see what the body of Christ actually looks like with a whole functioning part. Now, you, you know, Paul uses the analogy, and we'll use this in a few minutes, about the physical body. You've got one part of your body that doesn't work. The whole body knows it. Let that settle for a minute. See, your part is an imperative. I don't care what the enemy has said or what you think about your part. Own your part. Bring your part. Nobody else on the planet can bring your part. But it's necessary. Hank, you got a part, brother. Bring your part. And you do. I love that. And see, one gift triggers another. I've watched this happen in my own life more times than I can count. We'll be sitting in the staff meeting and somebody will say something or pray something. I haven't got nothing. It's like quiet inside. And all of a sudden, when they say whatever they did, boom, I've got something there. And that's how the body is supposed to work. This whole body has got to function. i got to even think about even making a couple steps so I don't fall off the edge here. But there's something about the coordinating of the body of Christ in that area is a miracle of God. Now, we've had a month of strife and division within the body and different theologies and winds of doctrine like enough already. And so we're coming in to begin to value each other and value the gifting that God's put in there and listen to each other and being able to share together. If you've been around me any length of time, I will have asked you the question, what are you hearing from the Lord? I've Jake asked that to Jake more times than I can count. What are you hearing? What's the Lord saying to you? I've had a lot of my own questions answered in those areas where somebody will say, Something like that. Oh, that's an answer to a question I even forgot I asked. But those are the things that triggers things and faith comes. In Romans 1 verse 12, it says that you will be mutually encouraged by one another's faith. Paul says, I want to be able to impart some spiritual gift to you. These are what the, how the prophetic works, how we be able to speak into one another's life. It is just amazing. Okay, that part was for free too. Now, go with me to Romans chapter 12. Let's look some more of what our inheritance is, some of the other gifts that are available. These little square things help, Jake. Okay, Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 1. He says, I urge or exhort or implore you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is and what is good and acceptable and perfect or complete. The area of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, there's a word in Ephesians 4, you don't need to go there right now, but it says to be constantly, amplified says to be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's so, there's so many times I'll have a thought pattern and I'll need an attitude adjustment. That's part of the renewing of the mind because my mind is wandered off in some sorry trail that I don't need to go down or I have an opinion about a situation or a person. You know, I know you guys ever do that with the news. I hear some snickering in that, see, because 
You watch the news. You talk about something that sucks faith out of you faster than anything else. Just watch the news for a little bit or look at it on your phone. It'll make you interesting. That's my safe term for that. So I need an attitude adjustment. Hebrews 12, 2 in the Amplified says, looking away from all the distracts to Jesus, who's author and finisher. I got to distract it. My attitude needs to be changed. That's, you know, don't be conformed to the world because the world will make you silly with all this stuff and all the information that's there. So we put our focus back on the Lord. What do I do with this? Most of the time, you say, why don't you just pray about that situation rather than grumble about it? Oh, yes, sir. Got that one. Verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think to as, have, as to have sound judgment as God had allotted to each a measure of faith. So here's my question. What am I doing with the measure of faith that he's given to me? Let that sink in for a minute. What are we doing with it? Chapter, uh, verse 4. For just as we have many members in one body and all members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, individually members one of another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in serving, in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Sometimes that's a difficult area of just being cheerful in what he's given to us to do. And some of these times, are, they're just difficult. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Romans 12, is, there's a whole listing of gifts there. And we're going to see a few more of the gifts that are in your inheritance. And to see, and asking, and Rick said this last week, he said, ask the Lord, pray and ask the Lord what your gifting is. Be able to find it. What's in your inheritance? How to be able to function in that. The Holy Spirit's been given to us a helper to teach you how to function in that area. And we do it together. We learn together process together. Ask other people what they think and test some things. First Thessalonians 5 says test all things and then hold on to that which is good. How do you test it? Number one, you test it with the word of God. You test it by the spirit and you test it by the witness of the spirit with other brothers and sisters as well that you trust. That's a very important part. Verse 1 of chapter 12 1 Corinthians now, therefore, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. For you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same spirit. And there are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. Here it goes again. But to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Let me just say this for a minute. The gifts of the spirit aren't for you, they're for others. We're delivery boys and girls, and we have the privilege of being able to move in that. Now, there's also the, the concept, and this is kind of my own little interpretation, that there's what we call primary gifting, but you operate in more consistently. You know, we could just look at Rick. One of his, his primary gifting is teaching the Word of God. But he's also gifted in discernment, and which is an incredibly important gift. And being under, not understanding just what the enemy is doing, but also what God is up to, how to be able to discern these things. 
So as we put some of these gifts together and be able to operate in them, it's huge, but they're for the common good. Remember the, the area of being stimulated to love and good deeds? That's part of the area of functioning in those good things. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge to another, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and, of another, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. Some of us have been talked out of that over a time frame. But the Word of God changes not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And these things are much needed within the body of Christ. I also believe that in this season of equipping, we're being prepared for a more difficult time more dependent on one another than ever before. But also, I believe the Lord is testing us to see if we can be trusted with some broken people that are going to be brought to us. Some of us into the church house here, others of us into your own lives. And the gifts of the Spirit are imperative to know what to do and how to be able to do it. And if you have opportunity to minister someone, if at all possible, do it with another person. Don and I ministered together a lot. Jake and I ministered together. But doing it with another person, two are better than one, you have a good return for your labor. There's also the ability to test things together and be able to walk things out. Because the enemy's pretty crafty. And he's, he's very deceitful. And you can get pulled off the mark and go down some trail you don't need to go down. But generally... I remember one of my mentors said, he said, you might fool one of us, but you're not going to fool all of us. And so the area of learning together, how to move together in the things of the Spirit, by the workings of the Holy Spirit, are just imperative. Verse 18, but now God has placed the members, each one, there's our word again, of them in the body just as he desired. Verse 25, that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have, I love this, the same care one for another. Remember, it talked about in, in the word in Ephesians 4 about the building up of the body into the maturity. This is how this works. First, we have care for each other. And pardon me, but our culture is about as selfish as it's, any it's ever been. And I pray that this would not slip into the church house. But we need to be caring and concerned about others and their welfare and their, their being coming into that which God has ordained for each one. Verse 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individual members, individually members of it. So I have a question for you. Now, we walked all through this and talked about the power of the Spirit and the gifts that are, have been given in a number of places. Have you formerly, before the Lord, ever received your call into ministry? This happened to me, I can't remember how many years ago. I was still working at the dealership. And I'm going to General Motors training school in Tired, Oregon. And I'm listening to cassette tapes. Most of you are old enough to remember cassette tapes. I had a lot of teaching and a lot of instruction from cassette tapes. And this fellow was, was teaching along, and he asked that question, have you formerly before the Lord ever received your call into the ministry? Now, I'm working part-time at the dealership and part-time as an associate pastor. Had been for several years. I thought, I don't know that I've ever done that formerly before the Lord. I'm a pastor. I'm working in this thing. So I just pulled off to the next exit. And I proclaimed that before the Lord, that I received my call into the ministry, and I owned that. And 
And I had great anticipation of things really progressing forward in ministry and who knows what God had planned for me. Let me tell you a secret. Not a whole lot changed, but I changed. I had to own this, who he had called me to be. And so I challenge you in that area because you don't need to compare yourself or measure by any other person. But God's got a call on your life. If you're in Christ Jesus, you've got a call. And that's why he says, walk worthy of the call by which you've been called. And you have something to bring. And some of you have been discounted. Some of you have discounted yourselves. Stop it. And own who you are. Embrace the call. Press into him. Ask him to explain to you what, you, what it looks like for you to occupy a place on the planet that no one else can occupy and be able to help others find their portion. Because we got a whole boatload of people that are on the way to hell. Some of them in your family that need to be confronted. Some people need to be, have an opportunity to be loved. Speaking the truth in love. We don't need to beat them up, but we need to approach them with something that's receivable by the mercy and the grace of God. I'll tell you what, when you can speak a word into a person's life that they know, like just a word of knowledge, for example, or a prophetic word, that they know that nobody but God could have given that to you, that's life-changing for them. I've had those experiences on both ends of it. And it changes something, and it, it quickens something of faith in your heart that's supernatural. The power of the Holy Spirit is supernatural. And it needs to be embraced. It's your inheritance. You, it belongs to you. And he wants you to, to enter into that. So one last scripture we'll close with this is First uh, Peter chapter 4. I hadn't put this in my notes, but we were praying before service and also the Lord said, you need to share this word as well. I've taught out of this section a number of times, but I think it's such an imperative right now. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting with verse 7. <clears throat> Peter says, The end of all things is at hand, or it's near. Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. Now notice verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as the worthy utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do so with the strength that God supplies, so that all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Peter says amen right smooth in the middle of the chapter. You know, any chapter verses or any punctuation there. But the amen is, so be it. Let it be so. That's a declaration. And that's my declaration to us. That we would, whoever's received a spiritual gift, employ it, set it in motion. Be who God's called you to be. Now, Again, I'm going to say this. The need doesn't dictate the task. Figure out what the Father's up to. Our John 5, 19 principle. Father, what are you doing? What's my part in it? How can I most quickly align with that? Because if we look just for need or do something so that we feel good about ourselves, you'll probably waste time, energy, and resources. Now, the flip side of that, sometimes there's apparent need, then take care of it and do it. But if there's something of ministry of service in that area, find out what he's up to. Align yourself with him. Align yourself and test it in a way that you can have faith come in your heart. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. But when faith comes, there's a joy and a satisfaction in that that is incredible. Let's pray. 
Well, as we've looked through a, a part of our inheritance, would you stimulate in us searching out, surveying our inheritance and in some dimension, document that. Understand what you have for us, to be able to embrace that, to be able to enter into that and find the joy and the satisfaction of obeying you. Obedience is better than sacrifice and a hearken than the fat of rams. So Lord, I pray that we would all find our part and partner together that I go back to that one phrase, that, that which each joint supplies. There's that relational intimacy between us that we confirm these things, we enter into that, and we embrace that which you have ordained in purpose. And thank you, Jesus Christ, for giving us a helper. Precious Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Would you continue to teach us how to have love for each other, how to be able to embrace these things, how to be able to enter in to the full intended purpose of your Father heart. We take your word. We looked at it tonight with clarity. I pray we would continue to go over these things, process them things, eat your word, and allow it to produce that which you have designed for it to be. That you watch over your word to perform it. Does not return void, but accomplishes that for which you sent it. And we just honor you and thank you for these things now. In Jesus' name. Amen.